Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. WQAD Podcast Network. The Cities with Jim Mertens. A production of WQPT. PBS for the Quad Cities region. A podcast in partnership with WQAD. What's going on in the Quad Cities? Activities, events, fun, politics, sports, local issues, and opinions. And now, your host, Jim Mertens. I'm Jim Mertens, and this is The Cities. Critical care hitting a critical moment. Both Illinois and Iowa are seeing spikes in new COVID cases, which then translates to increases in hospitalizations, then ICU cases, and then sadly, an increase in deaths. Doctors say they are seeing a spike in hospitalizations since the start of November, and it's a trajectory that is a major concern. So what's going on inside the hospital walls at one Quad City Medical Center? We talked with Dr. Toyosi Olutade, the Chief Medical Officer at Unity Point Health Trinity. We keep hearing that hospitals are under stress. I'm not quite sure what that means. Do you have enough hospital beds, or do you have just too many COVID-19 patients? Yeah, thank you, Jim. Uh, I would say yes, the hospitals are under huge stress. And for context, I would, sh- I would say that today we're celebrating that we had fewer than just slightly below 100 COVID patients. Um, three weeks ago, we had only 20. So that is how much this has gone out of control and how dire the situation is. Well, and you're also so heading we, into a holiday we weekend, ha- doctor. I mean, you're heading into Thanksgiving. That's got to give you extra concern. Yes, yes, this is a huge concern because we see the positivity rate in the community with um, 40% of our tests are coming back positive. And with this Thanksgiving coming up, we know that this is time when families gather. But we're concerned that this, this will be some you know, events that will lead to spreading of this COVID virus because we know that one person can easily transmit it to five people just with, with, a, with a single contact. So we know, we, we are concerned about this upcoming Thanksgiving holiday because of family gatherings. And that's why we're asking um, to, ha- to, be, to be innovative this year. It's gotta be probably Zoom Thanksgiving so that we'll all be around next year to celebrate in person. So we just sacrificed this year so that we'll be here next year. Well, and I'm sorry I cut you off earlier because I think in a way we want to know what's going on inside that hospital. I mean, you've got doctors and nurses who are facing a growing number of COVID cases. What, what is happening inside? So inside the hospital right now, we, in our hospitals, we have about 30 patients in the intensive care unit with COVID. So that is, uh, and in context, we had only 20 beds in our Rock Island ICU usually, and 10 beds in Bettendorf. Right now we have 30 patients with, in the intensive care unit with COVID-19. And we have people with other diseases in the hospital as well. So you can see how, how stretched out our resources are. We have over 40 p- patients in our intensive care units right now. So aside from that, we have patients all over the hospital with COVID-19. And I shared that we have a, about a 100 patients. and. Uh, that is just beyond the, the, the resources that we usually have in the hospital. 
which is why we've shut down elective surgery so that we can take care of patients. And uh, we're doing all we can. We have nurses working as team leaders, you know, bringing in other nurses who've had experience with nursing but maybe not practicing in a while. They're coming to help us in the hospitals. We also have our own staff who are, are doing heroic things on a daily basis. We have them getting sick as well. We have over quite a number of, of our staff out right now because they are contracting this, this, this disease in the community. So that is why we are very strained. We don't have staff and even when we have beds, there may not be enough staff to take care of the patients. When you talk about taking care of the patients, what does that mean? Because there really is no cure. Is it just a maintenance? I mean, just trying to get them through the worst of this? Yeah, that's, you, you put it well. That's, that's, that's exactly what we're trying to do. We, we have uh, an approach of one, we use steroids to make sure that the system does not go in, into overdrive and it reduces the inflammation. We use the antiviral drug, which we've heard on TV and overall um, in, in the community as called remdesivir, but then we support a lot of these patients with the uh, breathing machine because they cannot breathe. Some of them require so much oxygen that they can't even walk from their bed, bedside to the bathroom. They have to just remain in one position because they are so short of breath. And we have so many people on, on the breathing machine now. Right now we have about 20 plus patients on the breathing machine. And um, on, on a good day when we have people on, on the breathing machine, they spend three, four days. People with COVID are spending 15 days a month on the breathing machine. So that's how, how, how long they, it takes for them to recover. Some of them are flipped upside down because that's the only way they, that their lungs can get some, some, some room to, to, to breathe a little bit. So um, that's, that's what we're dealing with on a day-to-day -day basis. And unfortunately, some of them also have other infections and uh, which we have to take care of. There's a lot of strain on the heart. We have the kidneys are affected and every organ is affected. We've seen young people with stroke with, with COVID-19. So that's, that's what we see on, day, on a day-to-day -day basis. You bring up remdesivir, which, of course, the president uh, was really strongly in favor of. He says it helped him uh, in his recovery. I mean, is this something that, that is just part of what you're doing for treatment, or, or, or are you really seeing any breakthrough involving remdesivir? Hey, Jim, it's part of the treatment. Um, remdesivir, remdesivir on its own is not doing anything extraordinary on its own. However, in combination with other modalities, it helps people with, with, with early presentation and some moderate disease. When people are so sick and are on the breathing, breathing machine, it's, um, the, the effect is, uh, is not clear. However, we, we're still using it in this population because um, we want to give the patient everything they can get to get better. I have talked to uh, friends of mine who have had COVID-19, uh, who had infections, who had it uh, quite dire. This whole breathing uh, assistance, whether it's a ventilator or something else, it also, as you pointed out, they're on ventilators in some cases for days. It really does have a long lasting impact on your body organs uh, and, and even on your mind, I would think, uh, even after you're released from the hospital. That's how serious this is for some people. Yes, Jim, it, 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 we have seen that a lot. You know, in good days before the COVID pandemic, we always talk about people on the ventilator that within 24 to 48 hours of being on the ventilator, your muscle mass is already, you, the strength of your muscle is already down 50%. So you can imagine someone on the ventilator for two weeks, for, for you know, almost a month or more. You can imagine what happens to their bodies. And then with, 
receiving a lot of the medications to keep people calm on the ventilator. It takes a while for it to come out of the body, uh, out of the system. So there's some long lingering effects of those medications too. Uh, and, and the body and the mind also needs a lot of time to, to, to heal after getting off the, off the ventilator. We're also seeing, of course, it's the start of the flu season, and, and Iowa in particular noting that it's had a number of flu cases. I mean, it really is kind of becoming a perfect storm right now. Yes, if a storm can be perfect, yes. Um, and um, the, beyond the flu, you know, we have the COVID and we're dealing with the flu, and the same resources that we're using to take care of COVID patients is what we'll have to take care of flu patients. So that's why we talk about resource being, being at the limit been stretched significantly and yes um, we've, we've already, we're already imploring everyone to receive the, the flu vaccine this year so that the, the burden of flu this season will be much less than, than in previous seasons so that um, the resources we'll have will be sufficient to care for the community. But even beyond the flu, we, we talk about people with, with other diseases, people with heart attacks. Right now, the, the way we take care of them is being modified because um, the beds are so short and the resources are short. People come in with stroke, people will come in with pneumonia, people come in with a broken hip. Um, you know, we, we, we're redesigning the care that, that they can receive because you know, the amount of resources we have is not limitless. That's an excellent point. It is not limitless. So do you have some fears as we're heading into the end of the year through these holidays that, I mean, as you said, the ICU, the hospital filled with COVID cases, elective surgery being diminished to a great deal. You have people who have other medical issues, like you said, heart attacks, anything that I hate to say is run of the mill, but it's the stuff you can plan for. This is going to be a very tough winter. Are you little concerned that you can handle it? Hey Jim, I'm, I'm concerned about the next few weeks in particular and uh, because of the trajectory of the disease and, and as I shared earlier from going from 20 patients at the beginning of the month to about 100 patients just um, halfway through the month, that's, that's significant. And so if we, if, we, if we continue on that trajectory, my concern is that we won't have the resources to take care of patients and that's why we need to slow the spread so that fewer people will come into the hospital. We know that people come in usually a week or two after they're diagnosed with this disease. That's when they come into the hospital. So that's why I said next two weeks will be very challenging, next two to three weeks. However, if we can slow the spread, we know that we'll have enough resources um, and capacity to, to take care of the community. And, and that's why this message is uh, important that you can do anything, everything you can do to slow the spread. That's Dr. Toyosi Olutade, the Chief Medical Officer at Unity Point Health Trinity. Thanks for listening to The Cities with Jim Mertens. And watch The Cities Thursday nights at 7, Sunday afternoon at 4, and Monday night at 6 on WQPT, PBS for the Quad Cities region. WQAD Podcast Network.